Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing today? You excited to be here? Yes. I mean, I'm fired up. This is, I don't get to do this very often, but from time to time, Stacy and I speak together, and honestly, this is my absolute favorite whenever we get to share together. Just kind of put some things, you know, share some things with you guys that God has put on our heart, some things that the Lord is doing, and uh, are y'all excited about the sunny weather outside? I saw yeah, the good. other day on Facebook, this was cool, somebody posted that they got pulled over on the way to work by the Coast Guard and ticketed for not wearing a life jacket. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's pretty good. That's pretty that good. That well, it's good to be with y'all today. Let me take a quick moment. If you are here for the first time, welcome. My name is Jay. This is my wife, Stacy. We're the lead pastors here at Journey, and it's a blessing to have you with us today. And then also, we want to welcome everybody who is joining us live right now online. It's good to have you with us. Journey Church, let's give them a great big hand clap to make them welcome today. I got to scooch my chair back a little bit, but we are in a series called Worth Fighting For. And what this series is all about is we're talking about fighting for our marriages, our families, and we live in a culture and a society that tells us, hey, listen, when things get difficult, just throw the towel in and walk away. But the reality is marriage and family and our relationship with Christ is worth fighting for every single day. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a fact. Now, how many of y'all were here this past Friday for the date night? For Anybody come to that the other night? night. Yeah. Well, we had some fun, okay? If y'all heard the rumors, it is true. We were on a seesaw. We preached from a seesaw, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, It's not we, as easy as it looks, I'm just going to say. We were talking about the ups and downs of marriages, mm -hmm. and we discovered some things. First of all, uh, my wife gets motion sickness. A little bit. Because <laughs> we got home, and she was like, I got a little sick. And... <laughs> And then second of all, it is hard to stay focused on preaching when you're going up and down and all that kind of stuff. Kind of like marriage, okay? So uh, I will tell you this much. Had a blast the other night, and I think everybody had fun. Uh, the food was good. Everything was great. And we're excited to jump into week three of this because we've been talking about marriage. First week, yeah. we talked about honor within the marriage. Last week, we actually shared together uh, as well, and we talked about influencing our families in the right way. That influence is a great thing, but it can be used in a good way, it can be used in a bad way. And we talked about the godly way last week to be able to influence our kiddos, our household, in the things of God. And today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about building our household with the Word of God. In fact, I love Proverbs actually tells us this about building our homes. It says, a house is built by wisdom and it becomes strong through common sense. Now, I love that particular verse because all of us in this room, I don't care how long you've been married, I don't care uh, where you are in life, because all of us in this room are at different places in life, there are times you go through difficult places with the family, difficult places with the marriage, and, and from time to time, all of us need help. Okay, everybody say help. You could do one of two things in that moment. Whenever you realize we're going through a hard place right now, we need help. You can either listen to culture, okay? And culture has a bad habit of lying to us. I mean, here, here's an example of that, okay? Uh, I'm fixing to be 48 years old. Back in the day, whenever, you know, Stacy and I first got married, we were dating, leading up to marriage and all that kind of stuff. The most popular hairstyle for a guy at that point was the mullet now how many of you guys in here you was rocking the mullet back in the day come be honest okay 
a lot of guys like, I ain't raised my hand for that one. Okay. I had a mullet. In fact, honestly, the mullet, that's how I reeled her in. You know, she was like, look, business in the front, party in the back. My kind of guy, all right. She's like, he got it. And she, Stacy had the big hair. Y'all remember that? You teats. So we were a sight to see, weren't we? We were. We were. (laughs) If I showed y'all our engagement picture, y'all be like, oh, oh gosh. Because I had the mullet, like, what's up? And I had a little cheesy mustache. It would grow here, but not in the middle, okay? And so I had that, and she had this giant hair, and uh, it, it, we, were, we were a sight to behold. Yes. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> society, our culture lies to us and say, hey, mullet, man, that's, that's awesome. No, no. In fact, I read an article that they're talking about bringing the mullet back, and I'm like, no, no, don't do it, okay? Culture no. lies to us, Okay. So with your family, with your marriage, you can either listen to culture that says, hey, just throw the towel in, and that's a lie from the enemy, or you actually can listen to what God's word tells us because this brings truth and life and strength to us individually, also within our marriages, but also for our families. Everybody say truth. Truth. So I don't know about you, but for the last 28 years of marriage, we have chosen to listen to what this tells us and applying it to our lives because all of us need help from time to time. See, talking about that makes me want to go home and find some pictures, oh, you know, as it. proof. Some of y'all have pictures of your mullet, you know, you know. Okay. Some of the guys here are like, I just wish I had hair, period, okay? <laughs> uh, no, one of the biggest lies that, that we believe that the devil tells us all the time is that everybody else's family has it together. You know, that they're, they're doing perfect, our family, oh my goodness, you know, and, and we're just thinking in, in our mind this comparison that everybody else has it together, but we don't. And, you know, we're surrounded by so many different kinds of families in this room here today. You know, you're in different seasons. Maybe you're newly married and you're trying to adjust to, to being married and the, the compromising there. Maybe you're, you know, older, your kids are grown and, and, and you're full of wisdom and you understand a lot of the ups and downs of marriage. And some of you here with blended families, you might be doing really great. And other people might really be struggling. And, you know, and that's, that's the biggest thing with the enemy is that comparison of, oh, I bet, I wish I had what they have. They, they re- really have it going on. But it, the truth is, you don't really know what everybody faces <laughs> in, their, in their own home. And, um, you know, the whole thing is that we need to, to stand on God's word so that we can build that strong and that healthy uh, family and have that foundation in our homes, you know, but it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work um, and effort to build that foundation um, that is needed. And, but most importantly, not only does it, do we need to work hard at it, but we need God's presence in our homes. I mean, we truly need to uh, be in tune with the Holy Spirit, let, letting him give us the direction that's needed when it comes to dealing with our children, when it comes to, uh, you know, having a stronger relationship with our spouse. We need God's presence. How many of you enjoyed worship this morning? Yeah. I mean, don't you, I mean, I, I'm a little biased. I love the worship team. That's from being a worship pastor for so long. But let me tell you, before, before any of these musicians even step foot on this platform, there is a lot of hard work that goes into preparing 
for the songs that are played. You know, there's a lot of time put into it. There's um, a lot of effort to develop those skills. A lot of work. A lot of work. But, you know, once, once they come together and they put a song together, it, what, what is really what makes the song, you can play four chords and you can sing, you know, in, in your home and you can practice and everything, but it's when that, that effort meets God's presence. Yeah. And the anointing is there. Not only, not only do we see that here on Sunday mornings, and then we have God's presence and in corporate worship, and it's an awesome thing. But we need that same exact thing, that hard work for the godly foundation in our home to meet God's presence. And that, you know, that's Amen. what we need. Because in our homes, the presence of the Lord is so very important. Uh, you want your kiddos to feel the peace of God. You want them to feel the confidence of the Holy Spirit at, at work within your family. And uh, so I, I like that. We, we, we're going to work hard on our marriages. We're going to work hard with our family uh, to overcome the things that life brings against us. But God's presence, the voice of the Holy Spirit, is what we need above everything to bring us through that. And so uh, the sad part is, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of times we build our families on the wrong things. Now, think back to Proverbs 24. It says a house is built by wisdom. How many of you in here could use some wisdom? I don't know about you, but I believe probably all of us can use the voice of the Holy Spirit at work within our life, bringing wisdom to us. And then it goes on, it says it becomes strong through common sense. And that is strictly just common sense from the Holy Spirit working inside of us and changing us. Everybody say change. Change is a good thing. Uh, whenever we allow the Holy Spirit to change us to make us more like Christ every single day, that is a good thing. It builds a stronger family. So many times we're focused on other people changing, but our prayer should be this, God, change me. A lot of times when it comes to our families, we're trying to build these strong homes. We want uh, the wisdom of God. But a lot of times, unfortunately, we build our families on the wrong things. You might say, well, what are some of the things that we actually build our families on? Some families, they're, they're built on appearance. It's like uh, out in public, whenever they're about, you heard Stacy talk about, you look at a family and say, man, they got their act together and their family is perfect. But they may have a good look on the, on the surface, but behind the scenes, not so much. And a lot of times there's that effort on the appearance instead of really working on things behind the scenes. So don't build your family on that. Uh, some families build their, their family on, on toys. Well, let's get the latest, the greatest. This is going to make us happy. And, and what happens in, in that place, you actually run up a lot of debt. There's a lot of financial pressure. There's all these things there with the family that you want the toys to make you happy but then you discover that that is not what truly makes you happy. There's nothing wrong with having a jet ski, but the problem with that is so many people in pursuit of all the toys get themselves in debt, and they're trying to keep up. You've heard us say, keep up with the Joneses. Joneses, and you've heard me say this before. The problem is the Joneses are bankrupt, okay? They're, they're about to get foreclosed on, and, and we're running after that because, remember, our society, our culture it lies to us. It says, build your family on this. Then some families build their entire family on hobbies. It's all about hunting. It's all about sports. And they run after those things and pour themselves into that 100%. And then whenever the troubles come in life, they wonder, well, what, what, what's going on here? Why are we falling apart? Why are things not going so good? It's because you focused on building your family on the wrong things. And we need to build our family 
on the truth of the word of God and having it at place within our lives. A house is built on wisdom, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into our life. It becomes strong through common sense, the leading of the Holy Spirit, not having our emotions leading us, but the Holy Spirit leading us as we walk throughout life. So if we're going to build our families on the word of God, what we want to do today is we want to take a little bit of time to talk to you about what that looks like in our households. And here is what I want to tell you. I know a lot of times we get into these family series and ones who might be single, ones who might be empty nesters, ones who might be here who are not married and no kids at all say, well, what is this, what is this message? What does this series have to do with me? And here's what I want to help you understand. This message today contains something for every single person in this room. Okay. Uh, if you are here and you're single, you don't have any kids, then this message, apply it to your individual life at where you are. If you are here as an empty nester, and I'm going to tell you what, we're right on the cusp of empty nest. It looks awesome. I can see it as like the promised land off in the distance. I'm like, yes, Lord, bring me there. Okay, so anyway, if you're an empty nester, but you might be a grandparent, within well, these principles apply within your life as well. So what does it look like? If we're going to build our home on the things of God, if we're going to build our home on the Word of God, what should it look like? What should our homes look like? And the first place that I want to take you is this. Our homes should be a place of vision. Everybody say vision. Vision. Now let me break that down to you in just common everyday talk. Our home should be a place of direction. Our home should be a place where we talk about feeling the presence of God within our homes, the peace of God and all these different things. We need to make sure that as the Holy Spirit leads, he's bringing direction into our homes and into our lives. The direction of our family, the atmosphere of our family. And here's a thought for you. You probably would never go on a trip without first having mapped it out without making sure you're headed in the right direction. Because who wants to get in the vehicle and just drive aimlessly, recklessly, and you wind up in the middle of nowhere? We, we recently, I was talking to somebody in between services. You guys know we took our 28th anniversary trip a couple weeks back. And uh, when it comes to traveling, I'm a planner, y'all. I mean, I, I, I plan out like you would not believe. And so I did research for a couple of months for that trip and Stacy was just like, you know, I'm like, what do you want to do? She's like, you know what? You got it. You just do it. And I'm like, okay. And so I presented to her the Coleman plan for our trip. In a three-ring binder. Three-ring binder. Mm -hmm. And I'm not kidding you. It was about this thick. Mm -hmm. There was a three-page itinerary on the front. Like you opened it up. There was a three-page itinerary. And then every day by dates, we had, okay, here's the tickets for this. We have to be at this restaurant. She's like, what are we doing Thursday? I'm like, hold on, let's go to the book. We'd open it up. <laughs> and like, we have to be at this restaurant for 8 o'clock. We have reservations. She's like, oh my gosh. And I wanted everything mapped out because I wanted direction. Everybody say direction. direction. We had to have the right vision. Now think about this. You would never take a trip just flying by the seat of your pants. And if you did, you're probably not going to get the most out of that trip. Okay? And so when it comes to living the life that God has for us, you don't want to just fly through life by the seat of your pants because you're not going to get the most of what God has for you out of life. And so within our households, we want to make sure that our homes are a place of vision. And most people know this verse, Proverbs 29, uh, 18. It tells us this, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. Perish. Most everybody knows that scripture. But here's the question I have for you. Within your household, 
does your family know the spiritual convictions within the household? We're talking about direction. We're talking about vision. Does your family know what your spiritual convictions are? And here's the thing. When there's no vision, what happens is this. You strictly begin to live your life by appearance. Well, this doesn't look right, so let's not do that. You need to be able to back up the things that you live by through the Word of God. Don't just shoot from the hip and say, you know what, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do this, because what happens, your Christianity turns into simply following a list of rules that you made, all right? And when it comes to your kids, rules are okay, but within your individual life that are lived out within your household, you need to have things that the Holy Spirit has convicted you about. And you say, well, in our household, we don't do these things because the Word of God tells us this. Okay? So I would ask you, what are the convictions you have? Because you don't want it to break down into simply following, well, Christianity is a bunch of rules. Okay? You want it to be about experiencing the presence of God and about walking with the Holy Spirit. Right. It kind of makes me think back um, to when I was in Bible college. You know, they, um, of course, in any institution that, or school that you go to, there, there are guidelines and there are rules that, that you need to follow. But there were a lot of rules um, back in the day when, when I was in college that were, I feel like, were, were more of... Um, they were legalistic. Legalistic and strict. I mean, we had a certain dress code. You had to wear a dress and heels. And then after this time, you could wear this. And you couldn't wear shorts unless you were in your dorm room. And you couldn't go to movies. And you could, there was all these different places that you could not go, things you could not do. And so the focus um, became more on, you know, what all the different things that we could not do. And I feel like that it was um, more of, of pleasing man instead of pleasing God. And so it took, it took some time for me. I, you know, I was thinking, well, that's, that's Christianity. That's, you know, I'm going with, with what all the rules are, the guidelines that they have uh, to keep up that appearance. Of, but it really comes down to your heart and you doing what needs to be done to please God and to live your life according to God's word. And um, go ahead. Yeah, I remember the, the summer that, that we met, uh, was the, about the time frame. Y'all remember the Little Mermaid? Mm-hmm. Little Mermaid came out. And I remember she had bought the, the VHS. Y'all remember VHS? The young we folks in so her like, what, is, what is the VCR? We don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she had bought the VHS tape. And I made a comment like, well, did you go see that in the theater? And she told me, she said, no, we, we can't. We're not allowed to go see movies, you know, in school. And uh, I'm like, but... It's the Little Mermaid, you know. It's okay. like it's rated G, and she's like, "We're not allowed to go right. to go to a theater to so, watch that." So when I was in school, you know, I wouldn't go to the well, I, whatever, wouldn't Whoa. go to the movies. <laughs> Whoa! I'm in the house of the Lord. I need to be okay. <laughs> But come summertime, it was either Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast. You know, one of those little Disney movies came out, and I remember getting tickets and taking my cousin, but it was in the summertime when I was home. Because there's nothing. Living wild in the summertime. Yeah, because. We, we're going to get crazy up in here. We're going to see Little Mermaid. Look. Well, I mean, it's Alexandria. There's really nothing to do there, So, but go to the movies. And so, um, Yeah. So not during school, but yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Anyway. I'm astonished at so your behavior. So you feel a little uncomfortable up here. Your behavior is astounding. You're wild. I am. I am That's wild. one of the things that attracted me to her. She was so wild. 
God on earth. Okay, let's move on. Okay. So we have to. Am I turning red? We, okay. <laughs> Why? I'm not even embarrassed right now. <laughs> That's the other night. I've never blushed so much as, as I did at the date night in all my life. I think right. I just stayed red the whole time, yeah. okay? Yeah. All right, let's yeah. move on. Okay. That seesaw made me sick. But anyway, okay. <laughs> so we want to live, live our lives according to God's word, right? So that we can grow closer to Him by studying His word, being in prayer. But the key is, is that we apply it to our lives, what we're learning, okay? We're, we're not here to, to please man. We're here to please God. And I have highlighted here, it says, don't just know the Bible, but live the Bible, okay? So, I mean, that, let's put that in our hearts, not to just know the Bible, but to live it. And as parents, like, like we're talking about giving vision and direction, as parents, we give that spiritual direction, that spiritual vision to our families, not, not to confuse them, okay, by legalistic and rules and, and different things like that, but to have that consistency and that stability that our children desperately desire, okay? They, they need that, that consistency, but to demonstrate our commitment, <coughs> our commitment to a lifestyle of faith. So we need to apply it to our lives, not, you know. I want to expound on that for a second because I talked a little bit about this last week about not confusing your family. And what I mean by that is this, is that you say one thing but yet do another, okay? You're on fire for Jesus on Sunday but not the rest of the week. You talk a certain way around a certain group of people, but when you get around other people, you talk completely different. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, it confuses your kids. It confuses your family. And this is going to be harsh, but there's a word for that. It's called being hypocritical, okay? And I know you're like, Pastor Jay, that's not very nice. That's truth right there. We either live for Jesus uh, 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a, a year, or we don't. I like what she said that don't just know the Bible, but live the Bible, okay? Doesn't mean that you're not going to have moments that you don't trip up and mess up. And it's okay in those moments. Let me give you an example of that. I, I got into a disagreement with one of my sons last week. And, and in that moment, I, I got a little passionate in that moment. And my wife, this is what she told I me. I gave She's, you a look first. She did I give me the look, like, okay. Like. She gave me a look. But she came, to, whenever I kind of simmered down a little bit, she came to me and she said, you need to go to him and apologize to him. I didn't want to hear that, okay. I'm like, I don't want to hear that right now. It's not the time. Just chill okay but guess what the Holy Spirit began to work on me and, and and do some things inside of me and I went to him later on and based off the lifestyle I live whenever I sat down with him I said son I just want to apologize to you and, and we talked it out and, and and all that kind of stuff and it was one of those moments where I could just feel the presence of the Lord and so my point in that is in saying all of that is this we want to know the Word of God, but we want to live the Word of God in our actions, how we interact with our family. Our kids need to see that there are times maybe we do drop the ball, and we will humble ourselves uh, sometimes to go to apologize to them, but also in the presence of God. So let's not confuse our kids. Let's live for Jesus and, and make sure that they're seeing that. Here's another thing that I want to hit real quick before we move on from this point, because we're kind of running out of time on this point. But let's give our kids a good vision of what a healthy and strong marriage looks like. Okay, uh, and what that looks like is within the marriage, we should be at the place where we're honoring one another, we're serving one another. Here's a question: Who in here has ever gotten a disagreement with your spouse? Raise your hand. Okay, you get in a disagreement with your spouse, you know what you need to do? You need to take that away from the kids. I personally have witnessed this. 
uh, whenever I was about 10, 9 or 10 years old, I never saw my mom or dad argue. They, they just, I, I, ne- I don't know if I've ever seen them argue. And I remember going to visit my, my dad and my stepmom, and they got into an all-out brawl in front of me, throwing stuff, hollering, screaming, cursing. It terrified me as a 9 or 10-year-old. And so went back home and I told my mom about it and, and, and she took you know, care of business. But my point in that, one of the things I learned from that is, first of all, keep your emotions in check, okay? And uh, whenever her and I have a disagreement, sometimes we may be pretty passionate about that, but we're going to carry that away from the kiddos to where they don't see that, okay? It's not something that affects them. So we want to honor one another. We want to respect one another. We want to love one another within the marriage and give our kids a good example of what a healthy and strong marriage looks like. Now, Ephesians, Paul actually addresses this. He says in chapter 5, he gives us a good example what a healthy and strong marriage looks like. And usually when you read this, a lot of ladies are like, what? Okay, here it is. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Okay? And all the guys are like, yeah. Okay? But we read on, because that's a strong passage of Scripture there. There is an order of submission within the household. But here's the question. As a husband, are you stepping up and leading in a godlike way where your wife wants to willingly submit to you because you are a picture and an image of Christ within your household, okay? Now, we go on. This is what it says behind that because a lot of people read that and they say, yeah, that's it. No, that's not it. It goes on. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, okay? You get a great picture here that the role of the husband is to honor and cherish his wife, to respect his wife, to love his wife, to give of himself for his wife. And he says, well, what about me? Well, guess what? If we will as husbands and as fathers step up and lead in a Christ-like, a God-like way, then our wives will willingly want to fall into that role and, and honor us and respect us and love us as well. And so we lead by example, okay? So what should our houses be? They should be a place of direction. They should be a place of vision where the Holy Spirit is leading us. Right. So, okay. And I think the best example as far as giving vision is to, to show our, our kids that mom and dad love each other right. and be that, that, you know, be loving towards each other. That would be the best example with the vision. Our kids hate it whenever we do a marriage series because they hear story like Tyler the other night at the date night he was like you know you said like there's no kids here tonight so we can be real but I'm y'all's kid <laughs> Sorry. and he, yeah, he's like I need therapy now <laughs> no. so they they hate it whenever we do a series yeah. like that they're just like ew yeah they don't so, want all that yeah, we so, love each other we do I love you babe okay so uh, so we set uh, this plan. We have a vision, okay? We're going to make our home a place of vision, but we're also need, we need to make it a place of encouragement. Amen? Because our families need to be built up and not torn down. And that's with our words and our actions. And it's so easy in today's society. You know, everybody is tearing each other down. I mean, turn on the TV, the news, the, the politics, the, everything. It's always something negative, slanderous ugly, you know, said to one another, and, um, and that is just not the foundation 
and it will not bring peace for our home. We need to have that encouragement. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. There are so many scriptures also saying, you know, that speak life. Speak life into your family and not death. And, you know, a lot of times it's, it, it's kind of crazy, but, you know, if if we're if we're hurting inside, okay, you've heard you've heard the the saying, you know, we always hurt the ones that we love or the ones that we're closest to. You know, we tend to to not want to give grace to those that we're, that we're closest to. We tend to you know just make things so much more difficult and and with our words and we're tearing each other down and the scripture shows us why we tear down um, with our words it says in Matthew it says a a good man's speech reveals the rich treasures within him and an evil-hearted man is filled with venom and his speech reveals it in other words you know out of the abundance of the heart the, the mouth speaks. And so, so many times we, we tear down people or we tear down each other. We hurt each other, you know, with our words. And, and because of the reason why we're doing that is because maybe we're hurting ourselves. In, you know, hurting people hurt people. Heal people, heal people. And so, you know, if you're hurting inside, it's going gonna, it's gonna to eventually bubble out and, and it can affect, you know, our families. And so we need to, you know, living in this negative world, we need to determine that we're going we're gonna to choose to be encouraging. We're going to choose to bring healing to our home and we're going to be the one that's positive and bring that aspect, be a place of encouragement. That's a good, that's a good word there to, to be able to speak uh, in a way within your homes where you're building each other up. Uh, I like what we're talking about today. In, in fact, of our homes to be a place of direction. And what that means is as parents, the Holy Spirit's leading us, not our emotions, but the Holy Spirit is leading us to where we can give that direction to our, our, our households, our kiddos. Uh, we talk about words of encouragement. What, what does God do with you? He, if you mess up, he's going to bring you to the place of conviction. He's going to stir your heart like this is what I want to change. Everybody say change. He's like, I want to change this in you. But he also lavishes you with his love. He wants to bring his peace on your life because, because he's your, your spiritual father. He's your heavenly father. He loves you. And guess what? It should be the same way within our households that when our kids step out of line, yes, you better correct them. You better bring discipline to them in whatever regards that might mean within your household. But we also want our houses to be a place where we are encouraging and lifting one another up. Uh, and, and we need to be in that habit because, check this out, the Holy Spirit is also leading us in that as well. Amen? And then here's the last thing. We're going we're to wrap this up. And the reason why I want to talk about this today is because it's something that we talk about as a church. If this is a part of us as Journey Church, then this honestly needs to be a part of who we are within our households. If our houses are going to be a place of vision and direction, our houses are going to be a place of encouragement, our houses also need to be a place where we are serving one another. Think about that. We, we talk about serving around here all the time. We, we say things like, we don't just go to church. We are the church. We are the church, but the, we think of that in regards of when I'm at Walmart, I'm going to serve somebody. When I'm at work, I'm going to serve somebody. Whenever I'm out in a restaurant or something, I, I'm in the line at, at, at CC's and I'm getting me some coffee. I'm paying for the person behind me, okay? I'm going to serve somebody. It better start within our homes. We need to be serving our spouse. We need to be serving our kids. Remember, if we are modeling Christ in our households, then we need to model serving because Jesus gave us an example to follow, right? What was the example that he gave us? What did he do 
Jesus, whenever before he went to the cross, he got on his knees before his disciples, and what did he do? He washed their feet. Grimy old nasty feet, toe jam, toe cheese, all that stuff. He got on his hands and knees, and he washed their feet. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We wear socks. We wear shoes. They wore sandals, and they're walking up and down dusty, nasty roads, and yet Jesus got down and washed their feet. That was not a pleasant job, but he did it. He gave us this tremendous example to follow. In fact, John 13, 15, he says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now, I love that because what he was doing, he actually was putting into action the lifestyle that all of us are called for. We are called to walk in the love of Christ. And I think that, honestly, a lot of times we're okay with serving. I want to be a part of a serve project. I want to be a part of the serve team. I want to do something for somebody else. But it needs to start within our households. And husbands, you need to be honoring, nurturing, and serving your wife. Wives, you need to be honoring, nurturing, and serving your husbands. Husbands and wives, we need to be honoring, nurturing, and serving our kiddos, taking care of them. I, I got to tell you what, I, they're right there. One of the greatest examples of this within our church, Mike and Denise Kelly. I, I love seeing them. I love seeing them interact with each other. I, I don't mean to, I hope I'm not embarrassing y'all, but I love seeing them on Facebook. That is not something that you, you, you see people who like they put something on Facebook and they're trying to tell us all about love and like two weeks later they broke up. It's like, what in the world? Okay. But them, this is, this is something they have been modeling for all these years of marriage to, to love and nurture and to serve one another. And within our households, that is how we need, if the Holy Spirit is leading us, that is something that we need to be doing within our homes. Now, with our family, I can see this in action because I know whenever the boys, they were growing up, one of the biggest tests within our household was who was going to get to ride in the front seat. Right. Y'all know what that's like in your house too, like they... We would get in the vehicle, and this is what they'd do. They'd holler shotgun, shotgun. And they might holler shotgun like two hours before we leave, okay? Like, I, got, I called shotgun, and they're like, when? Like, well, like, I was out in the backyard picking up some stuff and raking leaves, and I hollered shotgun because I knew he was going to be taking a trip tomorrow, okay? That don't count, all right? And I mean, literally would want to get into to knock down, drag out fights because they wanted to ride in the front. And I would say like, hey, well, let's do this. One of you ride there, and then one of you ride back. Uh-uh, Dad. Uh, shotgun's got it. I'm like, well, it's my vehicle. I paid for the seat, so I get to say, all right? But this is what has happened as they've gotten older. I, I would see this, not all the time, but I would see this within their lives, uh, that we would go somewhere, and one of them wanted to ride in the front seat, and the other brother's like, hey, listen, do you mind if I ride up front? Because one of them has a tendency to get car sick, and they might be like, you know what? Yeah, that's cool. I don't mind riding in the back seat. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, whose kids are y'all, you know? <laughs> just like, what is happening? And what you're seeing in action is maturing, growing in the things of God. You're seeing them begin to respond and react how the Holy Spirit wants us to respond and react. So serving is a wonderful thing to be doing within our households. We're following the example that Jesus set for us. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. I love this verse because it says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now look at this. Now choose life. Everybody say life. life. Choose life so that you and your children may live. Now that is the thing that we need to be doing. We need to be focused on building our homes in a godly way. You say, well, well, well Pastor Jay, I, I, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. What does that have to do with me? You need to be focused on building your life in a godly way. 
well, well Pastor Jay, we're, we're grandparents, we're empty nesters, we, we, we don't have any kids at the home, that you need to be focused on building the legacy of life within your home as you interact with your family, your grandkids, all of that, that they see Christ inside of you. you, you oh, I thought you said, psst. No. Okay, I was just, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you want to, no, did, okay, all right, I'll say, <laughs> you, you throw me off here, I'm in, I'm in a preaching mode, okay. So here's the reason why all of this is so important because we're talking about serving with our homes and we're choosing to put other people before ourselves. And building our homes is not something you say, okay, that's a great message. I'm going to go home and put this into action for the next two days. Okay? And then you, you get into a disagreement two days from now and all this goes out the window. This is a process. We've been married for 28 years. This is a process that actually began not long before we got married as we started going through premarital counseling, but we'll continue on to the day that we step off this earth because it means that we are allowing God to change us. Me, not me like God change her, but it's God change me. Well, a lot of times we're focused on God, you need to change so-and-so. They drive me crazy, okay? God, if I'm going to be led by you, the Holy Spirit's going to lead me, then, then I need you to change me. Everybody say change me change me inside and out and, and it's a process that will go on all throughout your life now I, I think about this because we we just got back from our trip and it was a bucket list trip it was 28 years of marriage all that kind of stuff uh and we toured a bunch of churches while we were there and the saddest part about these churches you go in these grand cathedrals they are y'all if you've never seen these cathedrals in paris or london they are absolutely amazing but here's the saddest part of all, church attendance all-time low in these massive cities. More people touring churches than actually going and worshiping. And I remember when we were walking through these churches and we were looking at them, the intricate detail in all the stonework. See, we're used to seeing stuff like, man, this is, this is a great church building, but this building's only 12 years old. You go there, you see a building that's 200, 500, 1,000 years old. And you see the test of time over, the, over that building. And this is what's really neat. You walk into that church. You begin to walk around. I remember one thing we were looking at, there was some stonework. It had carved like roses and flowers. And this was cool. They had some stonework. It was rope. And you think about the amount of time that it took that person there with a hammer, a chisel, a sandpaper, whatever they used to make that stonework, and the amount of time and effort and energy. They didn't just do that overnight. They didn't just order that from Home Depot and glue it in place, okay? They did that by hand, and it was a work of art. And so I'm saying all that to say this. If you're going to have in your family what God wants within your family, what your, what your heart really desires within your marriage and your family, it's going to take patience, it's going to take commitment, and it's going to take time from now to the time that you step off of this earth, Okay? And so we talk about vision, we talk about encouragement, we talk about serving within our households, but it really comes down to, Holy Spirit, I want to be led by you. And I need you to change me. Everybody say, change me. Change me. I need you to change me every day to be more like you. Let's do this. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. If you're married, reach over, grab the hand of, of your significant other. And we want to take a moment, we want to pray over you, and I'm going to invite the worship team here in a moment. They're going to come on this platform, 
and we're going to have some response time because we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to work on us, okay? What is it that needs to change in you? Your heart, your patience, your mouth. What is it that needs to change? What is it that the Holy Spirit has been convicting your heart in? This needs to, to shift within your life. And today, for some of you, the first step is repentance. Today, it's recognizing and realizing that that's wrong in your life. It's sin. And God, I ask you to forgive me. I repent. Change me in that area. And help me to be more like you every day. For some of you in this room, we're talking about vision. The first step in vision that God has for your life is to step into relationship with him. We we talked just a few moments ago about rules. So many people equate Christianity to rules. You do this, you don't do that. Christianity is relationship with God. It's when you, hear me on this, it's when you genuinely come to the place that you understand, I am lost. I was born in this world with a sin nature. I've messed up because I've sinned, and there's a price to be paid for my sin. In fact, if I die in my sin, I face eternity away from God in hell. Pastor, that's horrible, but it's true. And I love you enough to tell you that. The answer to that, about 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to this earth and went to the cross. And he didn't just go to the cross just to have something to do on that day. He went to the cross because that was the only answer for your sin, my sin was that somebody who lived a sinless life, somebody who was the son of God, somebody who was perfect but yet fully human, went to the cross and gave his life so that our sin, the price, could be paid for. So your sin's paid for. But now it's up to you. Will you receive that gift within your life? Will you open your life up and say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Be my Lord and Savior. And today, for some of you in this room, that's the first step for your life. There's others of you in here, today as you sit here, you recognize the need that maybe at one point in your life you gave your heart to Christ, but today your heart is far from Him, and you recognize your need to reconnect with Him, to recommit your life to Him. Get your heart right all over again. So today, if that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray with you right where you are. And if you would say, Pastor Jay, boy, you hit the nail on the head today. That's me. Then do this for me. Raise your hand. Let me see it. If you say, that's me, raise your hand. I see you here and here. Right there, right there, right there, right there. Young man, I see you right here. That's awesome. Ma'am, right here. Now, right where you are, here's what I want you to do. You're going to talk to the Lord. And in this prayer, I'll give you the words. But let this be your prayer. And right where you are, pray something like this. Jesus, thank you that you would love me enough to go to the cross for me. You paid the price for the sins in my life. My shame, my guilt. And today, through faith, I receive what you did. And I admit to you that that I'm a sinner. I've messed up. But today I repent. Change me. Jesus I ask for your forgiveness and because of your precious blood today I ask that you make me brand new let me today be born again in you 
I surrender to you. I give you my life. And Jesus, today I embrace you as the Lord and Master, the Savior of my life. And today I choose to step into your family. In Jesus' name, every eye still closed, every head still bowed. Here's what I want everybody to do. Go ahead and step up, stand to your feet. We're going to take a moment. We're going to worship and honor the Lord just for a few more moments. But today, Stacey and I want to pray over your life individually, but we want to pray over your marriage and over your family as well. So if you're holding hands with your spouse, that's a good thing to do. And here's the heart of this prayer. Here's the heart of this time of worship in the next few moments, and it's this. God, change me. Everybody say, change me. Father, I thank you that your heart is for marriage. Your heart is for families. And Lord, may we reject the lies of the culture that we live in to throw in the towel, to quit, to walk away. And Father, let us fight for our marriages. Let us fight for our families. Lord, let us fight for our walk with you. We're going to stand in righteousness. We're going to stand for holiness, Lord God. And the junk that the world tries to put on our shoulders, we're going to shrug off. We're going to stand for the standard of truth that your word brings into a heart and life. Today I lift up every husband, every wife, every parent in this room. And I thank you that, Holy Spirit, you will lead them and direct them each and every day. And Father, we will not be led by our emotions, but Holy Spirit, we will be led by your voice. I thank you for every individual, every man, every woman in this room. And Father, let us be your children that pursue you with a heart of passion. And Father, we won't quit when it gets difficult. But as your word says that we will draw near to you in those times. Because your word also promises us that in those times you draw near to us as well. Let that be our heart's desire. That you change us. Everybody say change me. You change me every day to be more and more like you. And today, as the worship team takes us into just the next few moments of worship, just let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart today. Amen? Let's worship together.